Hello, good morning slash evening, and welcome to the Football Attic Podcast number 20. Uh, and today we're covering ourselves in glory, uh, so to speak, uh, because we're going to talk all about us, because uh, we're narcissistic like that, aren't we? He says, referring to his fellow co-blogger, Chris Oakley. Yes, we are. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it says here on my script. <laughs> what a script. <laughs> and how are you, Chris? Oh, good, good, thanks. Yeah, it's nice to be back again with another podcast, our 20th podcast. And, you know, if we'd have been doing these weekly, we could have been up to, like, you know, about 100 by now. But, you know, as it is, it's number 20. It's a bit of a landmark. So, as as you say, worth talking about ourselves because we're that kind of narcissist. Exactly. And and, and generally, in terms of, uh, uh, of everything, we prefer quality, not quantity. Um, and we're still striving for that quality, and hopefully one day we'll get there. <laughs> Um, so yes, as, as Chris did mention, and I think I did as well, we, we're basically, we decided as it's our 20th podcast, and that's some kind of number that means something, uh, that we would actually uh, talk about ourselves. So, And it's also because we're nearly three years old now, um, as you can tell yeah. by our IQs. Um, so we thought that we would... <laughs> think of the three-year-olds you know and, and what they're like. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so we thought we would just basically take a look back at the whole attic journey and see what wonderful adventures we could uncover so, um, well, let's let's go back in time, Chris. I don't know what that was. Um, and uh, and uh, what were your first memories of the attic, seeing as we created it, you know? Well, I suppose we could indulge in just sort of discussing how it all came about. That would be a nice place to start. We could, um, we could do that, I suppose. Which go on, is, well, I'll try and be brief. Um, <laughs> essentially, I mean, I'd, I'd been blogging since like 2006, football blogging. Started off with a website called Some People Are On The Pitch, which I must have mentioned dozens of times by now on this podcast. Set that up with a friend of mine called Martin Lewis. Did that for a couple of years. And then uh, when he moved on, I was uh, I had the great good fortune to meet two fine fellows, uh, Terry DeFellon and Graham Sibley, um, who had been doing their own successful blogs and stuff for uh, the onion bag most notably a great satirical football website and um i was thinking of closing the site down and they i i, I sort of become acquaintance with them at that exact moment in time and they sort of said well we'll carry on we'll help you out which was absolutely wonderful of them really uh, a nice gesture um very helpful so we carried on doing the website for another couple of years <coughs> when that finished um we then started another site called football fairground and did that for about a year and a half. And on both websites, we just kind of wrote about. So we we, we uh, wrote of. Uh, can't get the words out. Excuse me. We wrote regularly um, about all kinds of aspects of football, including, in my case, football nostalgia, um, as well as other stuff like modern day football and, and whatever. Wrote in all kinds of different styles, humorous, you know, essay pieces, statistical stuff, or, or you name it. Um, but by the end of 2011, um, I was kind of thinking. Whenever I write about modern day football, it just seems to be a bit more of a chore and doesn't seem to be quite as much soul in it. Uh, whereas whenever I write about football nostalgia, it always, without fail, puts a smile on my face. It's just, it's, I don't know what it is. And I thought, well, maybe I should write about football nostalgia all the time. And then that way I can I can keep that smile on my face the whole time. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, so I thought I'll set up a site in blogger.com. And um, having set the site up, I thought, ah, 
I've now got to write articles for this website and I'm still writing for Football Fairground at this point. So I thought I can't write for them both. I haven't got the time to write for them both. So I kind of shelved the idea. But then the second great coincidence of my blogging, in quotes, career thus far came along because you got in touch with me. You'd been following Football Fairground, hadn't you, Rich, for, I was, for a while? I was like a, a sort of um, some people on the pitch and Football Fairground groupie, you might call me. <laughs> <laughs> I used to listen and, intently every week to see if my, my comments were read out on the podcast and cry myself to sleep when they weren't. <laughs> I might, I might be embellishing that history slightly. <clears throat> but yes, I've been... I've been well, go on. <laughs> no, sorry, I, was just, I didn't realise you went all the way back to some people on the pitch, because that was oh, yeah, yeah. between 2006 to 10. <clears throat> well, you well I think you that. were already doing the Sound of Football podcast before that, because yeah. you had your three individual um, blogs, and then it was, I think you wrote, I don't know if, did anyone else put stuff on some people on the pitch, or was that just yours? I think that was just yours, wasn't it? At the time, well, it was um, like I say, it was myself and Martin Lewis, and then when Martin left in two thousand and eight, that was when uh, Terry and Graham came on board, and yeah. then we all three moved on together. And Sound of Football podcast came along in two thousand and nine. Yeah, so I've been listening to that, and, and mostly following um, some people on the pitch, and occasionally I'd like dip into the Onion Bag as well, which was was, was good. Um, and so yeah, that's how I got to know you, and I think because I contacted. Um, like emailed the the, um, the podcast a few times, and I think you were generally the one that would reply. So I sort of ended up striking up a bit of a friendship with you, and then uh, we yes. were both talking. I think you were talking about you know, your your like kind of aborted football nostalgia thing, and I said, well, because I'd already tried to start a blog as well, which I'd posted about. Well, mm-hmm. I started a kit review blog many year ago and put two articles on, and then couldn't be bothered because like no, <laughs> nobody knew it was there. I don't think it was on Twitter at the time, so I had no way to publish it. Um, uh, sorry, publicise it, and then and also I just I, I I don't know. It's kind of a bit. I personally find it's a bit soul destroying blogging on my own because I just think mm. you know you kind of either do it, you either have to be really passionate about something, and mm. and really committed and have the time, or it, I don't know, or just have a massive ego that you're brilliant. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, despite possessing the world quite revolves a lot around of you, the, the latter. Yeah, you know. So um, so my my kit review one didn't really go anywhere, um, and I I. Didn't, I wasn't finding the time to do it as well. And then I started a second one, I think, which was uh, something else. And I, Sofa I, soccer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the one. And, and uh, I, I only posted one thing about it. I know two things about that. I did the My Life in World Cups one, and then I did something about Suarez when he um, handballed against um, Ghana yeah, in the 2010 Ghana, yeah. World Cup. And again, same sort of thing. I just found out I wasn't getting the time and or the inclination <clears throat> and I, mm. again, I'd like you say, you have to have a passion for it. And I just, like you, the modern football thing, I, I, I'm not against modern football, you know, but I just I didn't have mm-hmm. much of an interest in it. Um, and then we were just chatting about stuff, and I mentioned, you know, I liked football nostalgia and stuff. And then it, it kind of grew from there, really. And then I think I, I didn't want to say anything because I, I, I really wanted to start <clears> a blog, but I didn't say anything because I thought, well, you know, you're the kind of established blogger. I don't want to sort of you know, hang off your coattails too much, even though that's what I've done for three years. <laughs> um, and so, but then Better I, late than never. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But then you suggested, I was like, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, happy to go for that. Um, and then I think we spent six months coming up with a name. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, I've never been in a band before, or a group, but I would imagine the, the kind of, the most fun thing you can do <clears throat> is to come up with either the name of your band or the name of an album or even a track. And and similarly, like when you start a blog, I think one of the most fun things is to come up with a name. But it, this is a sign of how kind of I don't know um, 
intense we were about the whole thing, having kind of laid down a few kind of principles and standards of things that maybe we're going to try and aim to do and, and, and whatever. As you say, we, we then had to come up with a name. And I just remember that, that process going on for weeks and weeks and weeks. It did. <laughs> it was just it like, did. Not only that, it was uh, a really painful process. It's like, like you said, if you're in a band or something, yeah. you think that one of the fun things is coming up with a name because you can just throw stupid <laughs> names out there. But yeah, I, I very, very much recall it being a really painful process because it's like, we, I think we struggled to come up with anything that was half decent at first. And then we started coming up with a couple of decent ideas. And I think both of us were very similar. It's like we knew it would, you know, we knew when we heard it that that's what it would be, you know. But until we heard it, I mean, we just, you know, well, well, the only thing I can equate it to is is when we got a new cat recently. Not both of us, obviously, we can't really share a cat across uh, uh, oceans. But um, we in in this household got a new cat um, after our old one passed away. Um, and we literally spent an hour and a half coming up with a name. And it was, again, one of those things. It was like, when when we heard the name, we'd know. But until someone yeah. managed to find that name, and it, eventually we came up with it, and we were all like, actually, yeah, that works. And then again, immediately, it was mm. like, yeah, that's the name. And it was the same with the sort of, I think, with the attic. Really. I, think, I think the attic might have been one that we suggested, and we kind of like were both, yeah, we like that. Let's see if we can come up with anything else. And then mm. I don't think we did. Well, d- Go on. I just remember. I think very early in the in the um, whole that whole process, I think I said to you, a, it should definitely have the word football in the title because yeah. it would help. If nothing else, it will help with the SEO side of things, just to get really technical. Um, and then I think the second thing I said at an early stage, I'm pretty sure I said, it would be good to have some reference to say a loft or some part of the house where you keep all your old photo albums because that's where you go to reminisce about you know favorite memories but having then mentioned that i don't think i said the word attic early on i think i might have said loft and then from that point on we then forgot that i think i think <laughs> and we then did went suggest, off and came up with all these other things i think we did suggest football loft at one point i think we might have even suggested football garage i might be making this up i think someone <laughs> suggested football back room at the top of the house but that just really wasn't scanning <laughs> Um, no. But yeah, so eventually we came up with football attic, and and again it just seemed to fit. So so that was it. And then um, I think you set up the site because I really hadn't got a clue how to set up all this crap without actually you know making a hash of it. I think you found the template, you set it all up, made it all look really nice. Um, and then uh, I post, I nipped in and posted the first thing on it. <laughs> you did, you did. Yes, that's right. Fourteenth, um, no, fourteenth of November was when we launched the site. Eighteenth of November was your first post which was it was the holy grail number one the uh Sabutio world cup trophy c182 <laughs> there you go um yes rich's search for uh for said trophy um and yeah and then that i think i shortly after that i posted my first article which was all about panini's europa 80 <coughs> album and i think in both cases that was kind of quite nice though both posts were indicative of certainly the direction and, and the subject matter that I wanted to cover because um, when I first had the idea of doing a, f- a football nostalgia blog I guess my main focus was to cover football memorabilia but I didn't want it to be all about that but it was always going to be a strong sort of thread let's say going through the whole thing and um, you know for me Panini sticker albums of you know I'd been collecting since 1980 and and you know Sabutio I played for a long time as well so so it was nice to have kind of two of the big kind of cornerstones of uh, football memorabilia if you like covered in the first couple of posts so um, it, it that was nice you know just to kind of set that sort of those first po- couple of posts down to tell people kind of 
what generally we were going to be about. And I mean, although we've never been wildly popular, um, it was nice that um, from the get go, right from day one, there were some lovely people out there who had been like yourself, who'd been sort of following some people on the pitch <coughs> and, and um, football fairground and sort of knew who I was. And so when I put the first couple of uh, tweets out saying, we've created this website called The Football Attic, they were, there were a lot of genuinely really nice, sweet people that retweeted it and sort of said, hey, you know, Chris has just set this up with Rich Johnson and it's a football nostalgia site and you should go along and see it. And that was, it, that, I mean, that's the first time I've ever had that sort of push that boost right from the word go with a new blog and um so I'm, i've always been eternally grateful to you um if if you listening in are one of those people um thanks very much for that because that was that was wonderful a nice place to start from and um and you know from the first couple of posters i say that we that we wrote people were sort of saying oh you know re- you know read this you know retweeting messages and and um that was lovely it means you're not kind of starting from an absolutely on the bottom <coughs> rung of the ladder because um, as you say when you start a new blog it's it's um you kind of want it to be popular but um it takes time and um so having that little bit of a boost from the get-go meant we were a few rungs up the ladder to begin with anyway so that was good yeah like like i said for me very much hanging on your coattails <laughs> well it's, it's not about that really but um <laughs> oh, that, that's but, entirely um, what it was about for me i've been using you for <laughs> three years chris <laughs> But um, it was just ironic. I mean, when you when you sent me that email <coughs> all those many many years ago, and I'd kind of tried, I'd set up the structure of this site, and then decided I couldn't do it because I didn't have time. And then your email, you sort of said, "Oh, have you ever thought about setting up a football blog uh, all about nostalgia?" It was like it's as if you'd been like scanning my emails. You weren't scanning my emails, were you? Well, um, after three years, there's time to confess. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was just complete coincidence. I sort of said, "Well, yes, but." I haven't got the time, so I don't think it's going to happen. And you sort of said, well, you know, if you need any help, I'll help you out. And um, so you know, my great good fortune that, um, that you made that offer. So, uh, I, think, yeah. I think the other nice thing is when we first started is, is something that we very much sort of kept as an ethos is that we said right from the off that we were doing this primarily for ourselves because of our love for football nostalgia and just that we weren't taking it seriously. It was just like, because we didn't want to get bogged down with it. I mean... Like I say, you might you anyone that's actually been to the site in the last year will notice that I've contributed in terms of posts uh, virtually nothing, um, which has down, been down to my work life and home life being incredibly busy. So I just don't always find the time. Um, I'm not saying that I, used I know to that you're going at work, but you know, <laughs> um, no, I, I realise that you're going for the end of year you know, greatest football podcast award, and and that all your efforts are going into our podcast. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, this is my best effort. Jesus. <laughs> but I think the thing we always said right from the start was, that, like I say, we were doing it for fun. If we if we didn't have time to post, we we wouldn't post. You know, we weren't going to stress about it. And it's like I think I mean you can't always stick to that because obviously once it gets a bit popular and you kind of feel obliged to do it and. But I mean, like I said, certainly for me this year, I've just I've just found so little time to do stuff, and then obviously I've I've ended up busied myself with side projects, which probably hasn't helped, like doing the kit book and that. But I mean, hmm. it's just like I I I don't know. I, I, I still absolutely love being part of the the attic, and 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 very much. I'm, I did actually post the other day, and very much intend to sort of get back on board with that. But uh, so we just started off no pressure, and I think I think we've sort of managed to keep hold of that quite nicely. Hmm. Um, you know, because and, and it's. We don't take ourselves seriously whatsoever. I think you can tell by these podcasts that we do, despite the despite the fact that Podcast Twenty is all about us because <laughs> we're so damn important. <laughs> um, 
But no, I mean, other than that, the funny thing is actually when you mentioned there about Twitter, is it, it just uh, it took me back to when we first started out on Twitter. Um, mm. uh, and we didn't have a Facebook account for about a year due to me, because I hate, hated at the time Facebook. No, me as well. Now I've kind of embraced it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you were pushing for it slightly more, and I was very, very resistive. Um, but no, I, I caved yeah. in the end, because you went, look, we kind of need one, aren't you? Mm, go on then. Um mm. But, uh, and I'm actually glad we did because it's it's turned out to be a lot better than I thought, and we've actually had lots of lovely people coming along and um, following Football Attic thanks to our Facebook page. So I'm, I'm kind of glad we did in the end that we well, buckled yeah, exactly. a bit. But, uh, yeah, exactly. No, it's been it's been really good. But the funny thing about Twitter is that I think when we started, because obviously there's two of us, and we didn't quite know how to word things. So when I because it was mostly me, I think to be honest, now it's mostly me that does Twitter. But I think when we first started, even then, it was probably me slightly more than than you, and. I never quite knew how to word things, so I would try and word them as if they were coming from both of us, because obviously we are a, a an entity in ourselves. But it's like it just doesn't work. <laughs> so after a while, I think I just said to you, I think I just said like, well, when I'm posting, should I just post as if it's a person doing it rather than an an entity? Because it gets really kind of difficult. And obviously, if I have an opinion on something, I I, I kind of want to be able to say. And I think for a while we yes. use the um, sort of general way, because also my. Um, Sofa Soccer Twitter handle at the time had about 20 followers on it, so there was no point in me using that to do it because no one would ever read it. Uh, whereas I think your Sea Oakley football one it was actually quite popular at the time. <clears throat> but uh, those are the days, <laughs> <laughs> it's still popular. Get over it, um, but uh, yeah, because and I think um, I just said, Well, look, you know, shall I just do this? Because and I think we we went through a phase of using a sort of code system where you'd put like slash slash co or rj CO, yeah. and i just kept forgetting to do it <laughs> so every time i see something from you it was like oh yeah i'm supposed to be doing that so in the end yeah. it just be that i i forget it you know it's just assume it's me unless chris puts his name on it or says this is chris or something so it's just like yeah 99 yeah. of the time it's probably me um yeah some some people do get confused <laughs> and think that we're talking to ourselves on our own accounts on twitter <laughs> but, it is um, quite, but it's it, usually rich I was going to say, it's quite funny though when, when Chris will post something on Twitter and then I'll reply to it and under the same account. <laughs> then it looks like we've just gone schizophrenic. Yes, split personality. Oh, yeah, nice. I mean, um, it's, it has to be said, I mean, um, you know, when, you, when you set up a blog, because this was like my third blog that I've been involved with really, and, and um, as you say, I think we made a decision from quite early on to, we, I think, somewhat reluctantly ironically we sort of said well okay we'll have a twitter account <laughs> but i'm kind of glad but you, you kind of need one i think when you set up a blog it pains me to say it but i think these days if you if you're running a blog you need to try and have a twitter account just so you can promote new stuff that you're doing it just it just works well for that purpose <coughs> but i i remember from the off saying no let's let's not go with a with a facebook page just yet because it sort of lends itself a bit more to kind of informal dialogue obviously you can get a lot more text in all of your comments and all that so yeah we held off and i think actually that's worked really well for us in that whole approach and, and certainly if anyone's listening in without wishing to sound like i'm some great expert on this or anything but if you if you were sort of setting up a new blog um my if i had to give any advice i would just sort of say just implement things as and when you feel it's right and when you've got time because i think if we'd have tried to do everything that do a podcast right from the get-go have a facebook page from the get-go and a twitter and account and something else and something else you you immediately think oh my god i can't keep on top of all these things so it's i I think the fact that we just brought things in bit by bit sort of seemed to work really i think that's the funny thing as well when looking back it's like when you look at our timeline 
things like a podcast or Facebook, they actually took a hell of a long time to do because we now it just yeah. seems to be part of the fabric and we're, we're just kind of used to doing it. But I think I think it was almost a year, wasn't it, before we actually did a podcast. And I think, yeah, I think we didn't even talk about doing one for about six months. And even then, it was just like kind of muting the idea. And mm. I think both of us were quite up for doing it. But <clears throat> obviously, while you were still in the UK, it was slightly easier. But again, it was finding the time. And we knew yes. right from the off that it was never going to be something we could do on a regular basis. And then when you selfishly moved out to New Zealand, <laughs> that, <laughs> that kind of uh, made it even more difficult. Because uh, unless I was getting up at four in the morning, which I occasionally did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, re- I, I will accept that that did cause a few logistical problems. Um, I will accept that. Um, but I think we've got around that okay. I think we have, Usually. yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, it's working now. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> But I was, I was going to say as well, so, so that's the kind of intro cover. So, I mean, once we're off and running, Chris, what um, in all the time that we've been doing this, what what, what have been your favourite moments? Favourite. <laughs> well, I mean, the first, the first thing that really put a big smile on my face, actually, was um, uh, following an article that I wrote... Only like one month after we started, which was in the middle of December 2011, it was all about CFAX football. Um, mm-hmm. And the story behind that was that uh, um, I, I think I'd been out uh, one evening with the aforementioned Terry DeFellon and Graham Sibley. I think we'd been invited to be on the Two Footy Tackle podcast, I think it was. And we'd kind of gone into London to record that with um, Chris Nee and Gary Andrews. And um, and there might have been one or two other people like Ryan Keeney there. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But I know there were there was a small group of us. And after we recorded that, we went to some pub or other in London because that's just what we did <laughs> uh, as often as possible. And um, so we all sat around a table in a pub and drinking away as one does and um, talking about football. And just I can't remember how we got on the subject, but somebody said, "Oh, um, it's like in the old days when you used to see the football results on CFAX." And with that, Graham Sibley turned to me and he said, there you go, there's your next Attic article. And I should have said, a brilliant idea, thanks Graham, wonderful. But instead I sort of thought, well, it's it's still quite fresh in people's memories, isn't it? That whole CFAX thing and, you know, Saturday <laughs> afternoon, page 302 and blah, 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 get all the results. I thought it's it's not quite passed into sort of legendary, um, like a, 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 a get that legendary feel about it because it's... It, it wasn't that long ago that we really kind of stopped using CFAX because of the internet coming along. So, uh, but I thought, well, yes, technically it is nostalgia. So, okay, the following morning, I think it was a Saturday morning, I thought I'll I'll, I'll write that article because yes, fine, you know. And so I, I I wrote it, and most of the memories were sort of in my head, so I didn't have to do that much research. It was all still there, as I say, probably still fresh in my memory. Really, rattle off this article put out a tweet message uh, because back then in 2011 I was sort of still only an occasional user of Twitter but I put a message out saying you know I've just written this please read it (laughs) please visit the attic and and read this article and left it at that not expecting any real reaction at all and two amazing things happened first of all Steve Gabb the mastermind behind Square One Football Radio from where you may even be listening to this podcast now um, he retweeted it that message uh, unbeknown to me, um, Steve was terribly popular on Twitter. Had loads and loads and loads of followers, as he still does now. Um, and by him retweeting it, it ended up in the timeline of a guy called Rob Facey, who I didn't know at the time. Uh, maybe a lot of you know out there. I don't know, but um, basically, he was, perhaps still is, the assistant producer for Match of the Day Two and Football Focus on on the BBC. And he had something ridiculous, like fourteen thousand 
16,000 followers on, on Twitter. So he went off and read the article, bless him, um, and came back and said, oh, you've got to read this. It's a great article about CFAX football. And I was still sitting in front of my computer like half an hour after writing it. And suddenly in the background on my Twitter timeline, suddenly it all lit up. <laughs> People like retweeting that message and that message and saying lovely things and nice things about this article I'd written. And it just went through the roof. And, it, and at the time, it was the most popular thing based on pure sort of interactions and you know, views, page views and all that that I'd ever written in like five years of blogging about football. And I just, it just was bizarre in, in the space of about half an hour. It just it took off. And that's basically down to Steve Gabb and Rob Facey. So, and I've since thanked them whenever I <coughs> happen to sort of um, speak to them on Twitter or whatever, uh, Steve more than Rob, it had to be said, but um, I've thanked them once or twice about this and because I said it was just a big moment for me really and um, and I also, also should thank Graham Sibley for making the uh, suggestion in the first place because if he hadn't have done that I probably wouldn't have written the article but that was the first big success that we had on the attic and happening only one month after we set the site up was a tremendous kind of um, I don't know it just kind of proved that actually the the whole idea of doing a football blog was justified you know it, it was a, it was it proved that it was a good idea to do it because suddenly all these people were taking an interest in this article and um i thought wow that's amazing so um that was that was lovely to have only one month after we'd started and it, it gave you the sort of boost to carry on and move on to other things really so that was the first I mean, and and then i guess moving on a few months into the early part of 2012 we got on to league of blogs which is the first big feature i guess which was largely your success discuss <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say it was my success. Um, uh, well, I, I, before I do that, actually, I was just going to sort of mention two things. Uh, one was my, my first sort of favourite thing happening, which was reading my first post get twenty four views. <laughs> it sounds, <laughs> and it sounds really funny, yeah. but it's like at the time that that to me was a massive thing because it was like I, I remember it going to double figures, and then just like when it got ended up with like twenty four views after the first thing, it was like. Wow, that's amazing, you know, because I, I obviously everything I've written before, I think about three people had read them, you know. It's like, so I just, and it, again, it's, you know, now, if only 24 people read it, I'm, I'm you know, I'm finding out their addresses and I'm going to, I'm going to come around to, actually, not the address of people that have read it, that would be insane. Uh, but no, and it was just, it was quite sweet looking back, you know, because um, it was like, and I was genuinely really thrilled about that. And then obviously, as, as the site itself got more popular, I'd go back and occasionally check it. Um, and then I think it's had over like about 100, 200 views now or something. It's my first ever article, and it's just like, it's just it's just cool, because you look at it and you think, oh, you know, there's something I wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> um, and then the second thing I was going to say, actually, in terms of things getting retweeted, was my phone battery died one night because of a tweet <laughs> that I put out. Um, <clears throat> uh, it was it was around about the time, do you remember when uh, the Serbian FA... Um, I think there'd been some racist chanting or something when when England uh, yeah. it was the under twenty ones or something had played in Serbia, and I think it was yeah. Danny Rose had been racially abused or something, and and the mm. Serbian FA basically turned around and accused him of unsporting conduct or something absolutely mm. ridiculous, um, and then I think later in that week I was watching um, a match on Sky Sports, I can't remember, and it was and Chris Kirkland was in goal. It was when a fan ran on and punched him in the face. Um, mm. And I put a tweet out that said something like, Serbian FA have just accused Chris Kirkland of un- ungentlemanly conduct or something. You know? <laughs> and it went nuts, basically. Just like, it was getting retweeted. And the problem was, it's like my phone's set to vibrate whenever I get like a notification. 
and it was just buzzing constantly. Constantly and it, vibrating. And actually, it wore my battery down. It actually reduced my battery to zero because it just <laughs> wouldn't stop bloody buzzing. I could have turned the vibrate off, but I was I was about to say getting that off on it, but I went not in that way. Um, <laughs> my narcissism uh, was kicking in. I was like, oh, buzz, buzz. <laughs> but, and then the next thing, someone else was uh, t- tweeted me and said, oh, do you do realise that someone else has nicked your joke? And I'm like... I don't really care. <laughs> just like, yeah. I'm, happy with the, your I'm happy with the constant buzzing in my pocket. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I, maybe I was <laughs> getting be? off on it in that way. I just didn't realise <laughs> at the time. Um, but yes, yeah, so League of Blogs, yes. Well, this actually, actually was you that started it, really. Because um, you did an article, um, as, as always with a lot of the articles that you do, they're, they're, a lot of them are sort of things that I, when I read it, I think bugger I should have done that because that's a really good article and that's exactly the same sort of thing that I used to do as a child or something like that and then what I normally do is sometimes I'll just like again really hang on the coattails and do my exact same article two minutes later and, and not go off the top spot <laughs> but, um, <laughs> or a negative version of <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's usually the way it goes um, but you'd, you'd written one called I was a teenage kit designer and, and I yes. it was a great article and I, I love some of the kits that you've done and again I thought oh, I should have done that the only problem is I can't find any of my kits and I've, I've mentioned before that I'm, I'm still annoyed with Aston Villa for stealing my idea for having lace up collars because I did them about three years before they actually came out in the premiership uh, so screw you Aston Villa and Man United <laughs> um, you'll be hearing from his lawyers you know <laughs> yeah um, uh, and so we sort of we were talking about it and we were, we were discussing about the fact that we'd both designed kits and, and how we loved it and then I think was it me that suggested we do one for the blog or was it you I can't actually remember you, oh, yeah, I, I, you I suggested that we the do shirts, one. You? yeah I suggested that we should actually just for the hell of it create a, a one for ours or, or I just did them um, and then you said oh you know it's probably something that other people would like doing as well so we put out uh, I think we just decided to do it formally and I think you we came up with the idea of doing the Sabutio wall chart for it I thought yeah that would be good and I remember I think the original wall chart had about 20 spaces on it that's right that was such was yeah. our optimism um, and yeah so the next thing Chris wrote an article about it and just put it and put the, the template for the Sabutio man and said you know we thought oh, I would create a little wall chart of uh, all of the blogs and that so and mm. uh, and it and it took off rather quickly so I think within about two weeks we'd had to ex- we'd had to expand the wall chart twice and then it reached the point where we, with the format of the wall chart as it was, we couldn't actually fit any more on. Um, <laughs> so we had to completely reconfigure it into a sort of massive poster size thing. And we ended up with, I think, 92 entries. We had to close it at some point, and we yeah. ended up with 92 entries. I think there was a total of about 55 or 60 blogs on there, because some mm. submitted like first, second, and third kits. Um, and it was just, it was just amazing, you know. It was and it, not so much the actual um, wall chart itself but just the response that we got and the kind of yeah. and the love that we got for doing it you know there was a lot of uh, camaraderie around it and it was, it was just really mm. good and, and it, it really made you feel part of like a wider community um, well, yeah well I was just going to say because I yeah people picked up on the fact that this wasn't a competition this wasn't like who can design the best <clears throat> kit um, it was just um, I think we we felt that if we used to enjoy designing kits as a kid and probably would still do now if we had half a chance and if we did it a bit more often. I know there are people out there that design kits and stuff. See designfootball.com for that kind of thing. Um, uh, free plug there, Jay. You can send us a check in the post if you like. <laughs> um, we thought, well, you know, I'm sure people would be tempted if we just sort of say, how about designing a kit that represents your website or your podcast? Then they might be interested. And, and in, in so doing... 
we will put your designs on a poster of some sort. I think we called it like a digital wall chart or something. I called it that initially. And um, and your designs will be there alongside everybody else's. And it will basically be like a representation of all these blogs. And that we're, it, it, it kind of makes manifest, if you like, in graphical terms, this kind of community that we're all you know bloggers or you know, i know not everybody listening in here is a blogger but um um and i think people picked up on it and um it was just sort of supposed to promote peace and goodwill amongst football bloggers and whatever and and um, yeah people liked that idea and um it was incredibly um uh what should we say um it was just very pleasant that <laughs> yeah well it's just really pleasant that people were sort of saying oh yeah thanks for doing this because it's a great idea and it's, you know um i, I thought i'd kind of long ceased been capable of coming out with um de- decent ideas for things so it was good that it actually worked i mean i just remember the first morning uh, we we sort of created the blog post and told people all about it and what it was going to be about and um within about an hour or so i think we'd had a couple of designs coming two or three designs so i got to work on updating this digital wall chart to give it a poncy name and <coughs> After a while, I think after about an hour or two, I sort of I remember emailing you saying, "Look, I've got to go out and do some shopping now because it's Saturday morning, and as as anyone in the UK will know, Saturday morning for a lot of people is when you go out and do your weekly shop." So and I so I went out. I sort of said, "Look, would you mind updating the wall chart um, if any more designs coming in come in?" And um, and my God, they did. And I think from that point on, I think you, know, you very brilliantly just sort of took over updating all that and made the project your own. Uh, but unfortunately, it became a kind of poison chalice for you, didn't it? Because we, <laughs> you were then getting designs coming in at like gone midnight. Like, Please update my, you know, the wall chart with my designs, and you were sort of, you know, sweating over it for a long time. But um, but it, you know, a labour of love, let's say. Because and I think just... the f- the funniest thing about that was the fact that people would often sort of email the designs over like one o'clock in the morning. And then the next thing is they get an email back going, I've done it. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not expecting you to do it now. It's like, no, but I'm addicted to it. I've got to. <laughs> and I remember there was one time, I think I was up till about two or three in the morning because we had about five kits that came in. Um, and I, I was just determined to that. And I think some of them as well, because we offered, obviously it's not, you know, not everybody's got software to do it um, mm. in a digital format. So I think we had a couple that were done in crayons um i think and one of the most memorable ones was um um steve gabs uh, from his spirit of murko uh, blog which was done in glitter and gel pens <laughs> yes which I then, I then recreated digitally by actually taking the photo and, and recreating some of it and actually just leaving the glitter bit just there because <laughs> it looked great um but yeah, so we, we got a lot of ones like that, and and but I had I absolutely loved it. I mean, it, I yes. took it upon myself, and and never once um, was begrudging of it because it was it was a hell of a lot of fun to do. And then of course, <laughs> me being the insane person that I am, decided that hey, you know, we've done Sabutier. Well, what's the other big thing that people like? It's Panini. So what we should do is create like stickers out of them and make a sticker book. And I sort of I came up with that idea, and I think I mentioned it to you as a kind of half joke. And I think we were kind of laughing about the idea. It's like, oh yeah, that would that would just be you know, that's not be stupid now. That would be impossible. And then I thought, well, hang on a minute, and looked into it, and I thought, hey, you know what? Actually, this is possible. And <laughs> then kind of spent far too much time putting it together. But um, at the same time, I'm really glad we did because it turned out really nicely. You know, it's yes. And then of course, I went looking to find out if you could actually um, make actual stickers, and uh, it turns out you can. <laughs> then i I spent a lot of time printing off and slicing up stickers oh dear and of course we had to do it well we 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 had to do it all again the following year because there was no way we could not do it 
Um, <laughs> and the only difference we made this time is we decided that the wall chart format was a bit restrictive because we kept the amount of times we kept having to redraw it because you didn't know how yeah. many things you would get at the end of it. Um, it was it became a bit of a, a burden really. So we abandoned that and just stuck to the Panini idea. So for the League of Blogs 2013. Uh, we just did the Panini um, aspect of it, but we we, we kept the Sabutio template. But one yep. thing we did introduce was, of course, badges. Um, and again, me being the insane person, had already scoured the internet to find um, silver or gold foil stickers and found that you could get them. Uh, so again, want placing a huge millstone around my own neck. <laughs> <laughs> we set about it and uh, we got again we got an excellent response the second year round as well we got um, I think we ended up with about I think we had about 51 blog responses and I think we had about it was either 99 or 101 actual kits or something uh-huh. um, so yeah and, and again and then Amazing, I created yeah. the sticker books out of that complete with uh, with actual shiny foil stickers for those who were prepared to pay the ridiculous <laughs> amount that we had to sold them for unfortunately that was all done at cost price um, i was just gonna I say i wasn't yeah. trying to scam anyone um, no we've never but, uh, done that yeah no but it, it unfortunately also drove me insane because uh printing the stickers <laughs> was real, real ball like you know again i love doing it but you know i will set myself up for these things but no it was it was i really enjoyed it but it was it did take a lot of time and um and I think that's the thing. It, 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 a lot of this stuff, uh, people sometimes don't realise. I'm not trying to sound like we're self-sacrificial here, but sometimes people don't realise the time it takes and kind of. It, it's it's horrible on the one hand because you don't want to let anyone down with things. Um, actually, I've just remembered what Andrew Rockwell's comment was. I, I've so, just remembered what he's. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, sorry, just just to point out though, obviously we did put a shout out on Twitter for your for your memories, and we did have some responses. One of which. We got two of Andrew Rockle, who who you may know, Stato seventy four. We mentioned him several times on the pod before, and we couldn't find his first comment. Because his second one was about oh, he said another thing to to mention was the attic video, uh, the, the films that we do, like the, which is the ones that the video review blogs that Chris does, um, and and both me and Chris were well, where is his first comment? And I remember him making it, and I've just remembered what he said, but we can't yeah. find it anywhere. But he mentioned about he said one of his favourite things was the League of Blogs, and he said and also getting uh, an attic badge, and he said oh actually no, he said w- winning the competition at Easter, which when we did the um, the Easter, Easter egg, egg hunt, hunt uh, to win a badge. <laughs> And then he put, and then finally receiving the badge in June. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Again, that was down to me being incredibly busy and kind of not managing to have time to organise a bunch of envelopes and send them out. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so what Rich was I saying? admin department. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the one thing with Chris having fled to the, uh, the, the other Far half of the world. Of the globe. You know, he's, it's it basically means that I do all the kind of sending out of stuff. So it's uh, yes, it's it's always me. To now we blame. know who to blame. Exactly. Yeah. You know, or thank. You know, thank is good as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so with the second league of blogs, we did the the silver stickers and stuff, and and, and I'm, I am really glad we did because they did look damn awesome, even if I do say so yes. myself. Certainly um, did. And then, uh, well, we might as well mention while we're while we're talking about that about this year's mm. league of blogs because. We normally did the League of Blogs roundabout between March and May, um, and as you may have noticed, we've kind of passed that time frame. That's been down mostly down to, again, me being incredibly busy and therefore not having the time to devote to it, and also because we, we really wanted to do something different this year and couldn't, we've been racking our brains as to what to do, because we've done Panini, we've done Sabutio, and I think we were also looking to do something which we could potentially create again as a physical product because that was one of the 
the things that I did really enjoy about the League of Blogs was actually having something tangible at the end of it. You know, you had like a sticker book or an actual wall chart. Yeah. Um, but we just we didn't want to do the same things again. Um, and the problem Otherwise, doing... people will think, oh, oh, they're doing the sticker book again. Oh, yeah, right. uh, yeah. So it's just trying to come up with something different. And the other problem is, is, is whatever you do, bearing in mind, because obviously we're doing it, it's you know, very, very cottage industry. I think we, we sell on average, whatever we do, we sell no more than about 20 copies of whatever we do. So it all has to be done on very small scale. We can't you know, just rush off to a publisher and give them a massive advance or something. And it, it all depends. I mean, the only way we were able to do the... Um, the sticker books for the last couple of years was because I think Tesco had like a half price offer on its photo books and it was the only thing that made it even, you know, vaguely possible in terms of cost. Yeah. And so we we didn't want to end up with something that we could finish and then be a couple of months down the line waiting for someone to come up with an offer so that we could actually make it. And then we were back and forth, back and forth. And I think it was I think it was your idea this time, Chris. Um, I think, although I think I had a similar thought again at the same sort of time. Um, yes. And yes. so what what we're doing this year is we're doing cigarette cards. Yes, another amazing coincidence. I think you, as you say, you had the idea. I had it separately, and and it was just bizarre. It was just like yeah, some kind of trigger going off in our heads. But um, yes, cigarette cards, the vintage era of football, no less. Oh yes, yeah, because we we also wanted to do <clears> something. That again tied in with nostalgia, so we we kind of thought, well, and we were we were considering at one point dropping the Sabutio aspect because obviously as we moved away from the wall chart in the first year, it kind of it almost didn't seem relevant. But then I think we'd mentioned both me and Chris mentioned roughly at the same time about the his um, nineteen hundred Sabutio wall chart that he'd done, and we liked the yes. idea of doing the kind of really retro thing. So and we thought, well, you know, kind of something else that's incredibly retro, cigarette cards. So. Yes, that's the, that's the theme for this year. Uh, you may have seen the kind of the sort of teaser image that we put out on Twitter the other week, um, and we're just in and the process Facebook. of and, face, and Facebook, yes. <laughs> and, and so we're just in the process of getting that together. Uh, so details to follow, but yes, it shall be uh, that. And also, if we do decide to actually make anything out of it at the end, it should be relatively easy to make because I can at least print those off at home and spend yes. hours slicing them up again. No foil uh, involved. <laughs> no, no foil, no stickers, no book. It'll just be a nice little set of cards. Um, but we just yeah. thought that'd be really nice because it's like it really ties in with the nostalgia aspect. But anyway, I think we've said enough about yes. League of Blogs now. We're, we're back to the backslapping. <laughs> I was just, no, I was just going to say it, it does also mean that uh, Rich has got to go out and buy twenty packets of cigarettes to put the cards into. But that's that, you don't need to worry about that. Yeah, and to uh, to. Um, Use an old Paul Merton joke. It's uh, he mentioned about the time that he'd uh, tried to stop smoking. He said, which was hampered by the fact that he hadn't actually ever been a smoker. So he said, uh, <laughs> it, he first worked, worked out he'd have to start smoking. He said, oh, I've, tried, I've tried cutting up, just going from one to two a day. You know, if it doesn't work. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yes. So, I guess yeah. League of Blogs um, was what March two thousand twelve, and. Um, we were kind of, we'd firmly got our feet under the table and, and we were just sort of going through, still kind of doing reviews and things, blog posts about um, just general kind of memorabilia and personal memories and that kind of thing. And, and what was great is that we were getting people on, on board, I'm sure some of you even listening now, um, who sort of saw what we were writing and thought, oh, I'd like to write something similar. And what was really pleasing was people... You know, voluntarily sort of saying, I'd like to sort of submit this guest post because we would, we would, one of the early things, one thing I've always been fond of doing actually in terms of blogging is to create sort of strands 
um, like a, a series of posts that have a common connection. And one of the things that I think um, I seem to have instigated early on was this series called Favourite Fives, uh, which is kind of, you know, subtitled Top Fives, basically. And um, so you pick a subject and then discuss the first, you know, the, 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 the favourite five things in that category. And um, and people would sort of see what we've written and sort of say, oh, could I write one as well? And you say, yes, definitely. And, and we just had lots and lots of posts coming in. Um, particularly in those early, in that sort of first year or so, I would say that was, that was wonderful. And we've had you know, people sort of sending in their top five World Cup shirts and top five this, that, and the other. And it's just, it's just great. And that, that it, adds, it's not us being lazy. Well, it's a bit us being lazy a bit, but um, it's, it's just, it's wanting to share that love of nostalgia without sounding too kind of mushy about the whole thing. But it's, I mean, going back, let's say a few years. Um, I remember when I was working in London, I, my, the company I was working for used to occasionally send me on to sort of seminars, attending seminars about, uh, you know, how to maintain uh, corporate blogs and all that kind of stuff, you know, social media and all that malarkey. And I remember some uh, someone running one of those tutorials, uh, running one of those uh, seminars rather, saying, if you're running a blog, one thing that can get you more visitors is if you go for a niche subject. And I kind of went off on a bit of a daydream at that point. Thought, okay, well, at, the, at that point, I was just doing. I was thinking I was doing football fairground, which was a general football blog. So I thought, you know, how do you make that more niche? And I suppose, I mean, there's any number of ways you can do a niche football site. You can. I remember once. I'm not joking, but not long after I started, some people on the pitch, uh, somebody contacted me saying, um, "Could you add me to your blog role, please?" Um, I run a site called, and I can't remember the exact name. It was something like. Dennis Burkamp is king and it was a blog site all about Dennis Burkamp and I thought you can't get much more niche than that basically doing a blog about one player I mean soon enough you're going to run out of things like discussing his hair color or his family or his you know who he's played for and all that but but if you pick a niche subject then effectively you are I think potentially seen as being a specialist on that or that that's your passion in life and um and so Football nostalgia for a lot of people, I think, is it's not the most niche thing ever, but it, it's um, it is a sub category within football that people just take on as their own personal passion or interest. And so when people sort of say, "Can I write an article for you?" I just think that's great because it's not because it means I don't have to do so much, but because it means that people are, have become enthused about the subject. And and football nostalgia is what we're totally into. And I, I you know, for anybody out there wanting to write for, foot, uh, for football fairground, <laughs> probably best not to write for football fairground. That finished about two years ago. Um, <laughs> if you want to write for a uh, football attic, rather, please do get in touch because that just makes us happy because it means that you're as into the subject as we are. So um, we were getting that kind of stuff going on a lot in the first year or so. And um, I mean, a couple of subjects and things that I wrote about, which bizarrely took off a lot more than I planned uh, was um, there's one article I wrote about the Bartholomew football history map of England and Wales that that's just like a poster from like the ni- early 1970s it was a map of Britain which had all these kind of kits and information about clubs and things all over it wrote about that and that just suddenly everybody sort of picked up on that were going off and tweeting about it and stuff that was quite successful similarly the SO collection of football club badges similar I suppose subject matter really um, badges and kits and things um, just if I've learned nothing else Rich in, in the process of doing this website it's just that you can never predict what's going to be really popular 
like sometimes you'll write something and think, well, nobody's going to read this and it will be hugely popular. And then you'll write about something and you think, this is going to be an absolute winner. And then actually people, it turns out, aren't that interested. So you just can't predict. But it's just nice when you get those surprises when you write something and, and, and suddenly everybody jumps on board. I mean, your classic one, of course, was the with the one in the Guardian about the Subutio accessories, wasn't it? I mean, maybe you could just tell us your experience of that. Funnily enough, I was about to mention that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, well, but it, it, it's very true. You can never exactly predict what. I mean, not only you can't predict what's going to be popular, but you cannot can't predict what's actually going to happen. Because what what happened with the the article that I got featured in the Guardian's top five blog of blogs of the week was, I it was literally Friday afternoon at work, at lunchtime, <laughs> I'll point out, I was working, um, <laughs> and I just thought, I, I, don't know if, I, I don't know if you'd done something about Sabutio recently, or someone had, and I just thought, oh, I, I know, mm. I've got an idea, I, I think you might have done the top five, uh, yeah, that's right, your favourite, favourite five accessories, yeah I, think, yeah. yeah, I think we'd both done our favourite fives, hadn't we, I think you'd, again, usually yes. you'd done yours, and then I'd wrote mine very quickly afterwards, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I thought, oh, I know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the top five worst things because there were there were certain things about Sabutio that really bugged me, you know, like I say, the floodlights being one of them, and and just, <laughs> and so I just sort of very quickly, and it, the, the great thing about those articles is that you don't need any, you don't need to do any, uh, it sounds lazy again, but you don't need to do any um, uh, research on it, research. you don't need to do any, it, it's just something you write from the heart if you like, because it's something from your memories. So I just thought, oh, I know, I can quickly do that, because I've been wanting to write something, but I couldn't think what to do. I think I had a couple of things lined up at home, but again, it was things that I needed to sit down and go through, and I thought, oh, I just want to get something done. So I'd, literally in my lunch hour, and it, it took me about half an hour to do, I sat there and, and thought, what are, my, you know, what are the five things? That, I'll do a top five, that's great, because top fives are always, you know, kind of like nice Friday throwaway things or something. I oh, know. I'll do it about the worst Sabutio things, because I had a couple of things already in my head that I'd, I'd really <laughs> ranted about in my own head. And quickly sort of put it together, uh, managed to get um, cobble some photos from across the net somewhere, probably borrowed a league. I think I had some of my own. Um, and then did that, didn't think much of it. It got a, a, a you know fairly good response on the Friday. It was a Friday lunchtime, you know, quite a few people reading it, you know, it was all right. Mm. I think we had probably about, by the, I think by the end of Friday, it had about 30 views or something, which I was quite pleased with at the time. Saturday, yeah, that went, came and went, you know, I think it was up to about 100 or something, so I was like, yeah, I was, I was really pleased with that as it was. And then Sunday morning I got up and looked at um, the stats uh, on, on Blogger and noticed that our page views had gone up to like something like 1,600 or something. And we, <laughs> this was, we used to get about, probably about two or 300 page views a day. And I was looking at, what? And checked the page <laughs> sources, and one of it was The Guardian. Oh, hey. So I clicked through to the Guardian. There it was. It was like you know, top five Sabutio items. You know, it was about number five on the top five blogs, football blogs of the week under the Guardian's soccer blogs or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, brilliant! And then just over the next few days, it just kept spiralling. And I think it ended up at the time with about eleven thousand views. I was like, what just the nuts. hell? <laughs> it, was yes. like, it was just like we'd not had. I mean, I think the CFAX one at the time we'd had about three or four thousand, so that had been really yeah. successful. And I think your Panini Europa one had about sort of 1,600, something like that at the time. But and that was by virtue of, because that was like the first article that we put on, or second article we put on the website. So it had been yeah, there. Yeah, it, it's slowly crept up. And, it's like, and this was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sad to say that we've never managed to repeat the feat. But, um, but it, was a, it, was a, it was a nice shining moment. And it was kind of a, 
obviously for me being I, I regard myself as the underdog blogger so to speak because obviously was, Chris was always quite established it was quite nice for me because I think <laughs> early on obviously Chris being quite well known a lot of his posts would get you know a lot of views and, and some of mine generally because mine were a little bit less yeah, um, um, sort of quality <laughs> um, and no, no. so so Chris was always getting like you know getting loads of views and there was that moment I was like ha good it's me for once <laughs> You know, it's like, and then you kind of immediately don't feel proud of yourself, but then you just think, well, I don't care. I'm going to enjoy the moment. <laughs> to be fair, though, yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have drunk called you at three in the morning. Going, ah, you wanker! <laughs> <laughs> Screw your stupid articles. <laughs> when we write our autobiography, that will be kind of about chapter seven, <laughs> like you know, the split. Yeah, creative uh, differences and stupid articles on the Guardian. <laughs> Ah uh, dear, but no, that, was, of, uh, that was tremendously gratifying. Yeah, yeah, and actually, and one of the other things I was going to mention actually, which kind of ties two things together, is um, uh, one of the other things that I, I've been really grateful that through doing all this um, is that I managed to get my some of my kit designs in the Cov City Match Day program, um, mm. and that all came about because um, Derek Hammond and Gary Silk, who are the guys that run the ultimate in kind of football nostalgia um got not got guys um who obviously have like now loads of books and actually there's one on coventry coming out on the first of october so get that confidence um um we i mean one of our actually one of our very early articles we did an interview with them um ironically it's not that's not it's one of our least read ones i don't know why because we we haven't (laughs) criticized it down the years but but um we we sort of got in touch and and you know become sort of correspondents and and um, Derek mentioned to me that they were writing basically an article in every single match program for Cov, and I think they they do it for a couple of other clubs as well. And then one week he said, "Oh, oh you know, you know the kits you've done for the league." Like I said, "You know, do, do you want to write an article about them in, in the match day program?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> duh." <laughs> so yeah, so again, I know I said thanks at the time, but again, another massive thanks to to Gary and Derek. And um, well, I'll, I'll see how much of my stuff that I I supplied to you will be in the new book on the first of October, <laughs> I guess. So so I might retract that. Thank you. No, <laughs> but no, no. Again, it's just amazing, and and just little things like that. And and actually, you've already made the point, Chris, but just one of the other great things about doing this is just all the, the sort of people that we've got to know and, and in some cases met because I, I went to one of the Socrates mm. events which um, Terry DeFellin um, organised. Did Graham Sibley organise that as well? Was it just Terry? Yes, yeah. So, yeah, I thought so, yeah. And so, Chris Nee and lots of, yeah. lots of people. Yeah, so there's, there's the Socrates events which usually take place in London. I've, I've managed to get to one. I've not been able to get to any subsequently. Um, but yeah, so we, we I've actually got to meet quite a few of the the other bloggers as well it's been great it's just there's a real sense of community and one one way that that really um made a difference in a in a a big way was was actually the world cup this year i mean Mm. this is the first world cup that i've actually you know been a part of the football attic and it was it was for me it was a real difference i think it's part of what made this one of my favorite world cups ever was the (laughs) the sheer interaction with everybody else and that has purely come about through doing this blog and it's like i you know it's it really did make a big difference to the world cup because it's like you get the feeling that you're sharing it it's like it's like literally like it was like having thousands of friends around to watch it but (laughs) you know without having to sort of clear up afterwards So, yeah, yeah I, just... I agree. Yes, yeah, I, I enjoyed the World Cup even from this distance. Just it was a, it was a joyous uh, opportunity to interact with lots of wonderful people on Twitter and um, and share your experiences. So yes, very much so. And uh, actually, one of the other things I was going to mention is uh, 
a, a rather large thing that we got um, was uh, getting in Backpass magazine. God, oh, we really yes. are. We really are backslapping, aren't we? <laughs> but no, well, again, not it's that. Just... It's just. It's just sort of like it is. In case anyone thinks, like, my God, they're just they're, they're so full of themselves. It's not. It's just us basically saying we can't actually believe that some of this has happened because <laughs> yeah, exactly, we just yeah. thought we'd just run a blog for crying out loud and see where it went. And we we owe this success to you, so um, we're blaming you for all this backslapping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's your fault. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So we we do have a regular a column um, in Backpass. I think we unfortunately missed the deadline for the last issue that's just come out, but we should be back in the next one. Um, so again, a big thanks to Mike Barry who. Wrote runs back pass for that opportunity and it's I, I, like chris said it this really isn't a kind of although it seems incredibly narcissistic this is just literally a lot of the time it's just us going wow i can't quite believe this is happening you know it's like <laughs> so yeah um but uh, anyway back to back to what we're actually doing uh one of the other things we of course did that one of the the next sort of big um events that happened after the league of blogs in that first year was we did our in the run-up to christmas we did our um world's greatest sponsor or the i think well greatest think, shirt sponsor ever yes greatest shirt sponsor ever which actually i think we did limit to uh uk shirts because we uh yes. obviously you can have shirts from across the world which we a lot of the time won't be aware of so because there, there were quite a few calls for bimbo and and wanker <laughs> and things like that but, <laughs> but we had to omit them um and uh chris who who won that one that will be wang that will be the mighty wang uh, Who's one, mighty one Wang was that? <laughs> oh uh, One-time shirt sponsors of um, Oxford United, no less. And um, yeah, we just—it was just another one of those things. Um, it's amazing, actually, when you're doing all this football nostalgia stuff. You sort of think there's there's stuff that you just take for granted. It's just become normal. It's, it's just part of the fabric of, if you like, of you know football as it is. And the good thing about doing a blog like this is that you, when you suddenly have this shining realization that there's there's something that maybe should be getting more recognition and isn't that you can actually then write about it and bring it to people's attention and one of the things was just shirt sponsorship i mean we all see it every year i mean it's it only ever i think gets any um exposure let's say or you know people only ever talk about shirt sponsors when a new kit is launched usually just before the start of the season uh you know some people sort of say oh it's a nice kit but the shirt sponsor spoils it or whatever that's the only time anybody ever mentions shirt sponsors. And, and I just sort of thought, well, it's been around since like the late 70s. So maybe it's a, an opportunity to actually just say, you know, that actually shirt sponsors, whether you like it or not, become a, an important integral part of a kit design. Obviously, the likes of Adidas or Nike or whatever don't design the shirt sponsor logo. But, um, you know, one way or the other, it becomes an integral part of the design. And um, so, and then it, you start sort of thinking about the, the classic... Uh, shirt sponsors down the years and I thought you know, it would be a good chance to do another one of our vote-offs because we, we do enjoy a vote-off from time to time just to kind of get people talking about stuff and so yes, the, the greatest shirt sponsor ever The only problem, and we knew this right from the start the, the only problem with that kind of thing is that if there's one particular uh, entity that people often talk about in cult terms and it's likely to win hands down before you've even started and of course wang was the elephant in the room <laughs> um and uh, but we we proceeded anyway and it was great fun because it's same it just got people sort of talking about oh yeah i remember you know hitachi on the liverpool shirts and whatever you know it's just um it's a good way again of shining the light through the mists of time to kind of look back on football in the past and um and as it turned out wang won it but 
you know, why not? Well, it, why not? It was me? quite. It was quite funny because there were two that we d- did debate. We, we we had a mass debate <laughs> uh, anyway um, about about whether we should include, and one was Wang, and the other was Nobo, <laughs> which was Nobo Brighton from Brighton. Sponsor. Yeah, I don't know if that's Nobo or Nobo, but we're calling it Nobo. Um, Everyone calls it so Nobo. We actually, exactly. We so we did debate actually whether to include those or not because for those exact reasons. And in the end, I think we we did include both of them. And I think yes, uh, I think Nobo got knocked out early on. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, Wang, Wang was king. Wang King, uh, I see what we did there. Um, That's the way I mean, if you don't mind. The, the funny thing with that is actually a, one thing that has occasionally blighted some of the the uh, vote offs that we've done um, uh, is is vote rigging. You're not uh, going to talk about <laughs> no. Them. Well, actually, well, no, because we did actually have it almost in this. Because what we did in the first round of this is. We, in the, the we used um, Poll Daddy, I think, we used to do the actual votes, and we basically pitted one kit against another. It was a knockout competition, and so we pitted mm. one kit against another. And what happened in one of them was that we, at the very last minute, literally, I think the voting closed on a Friday night at midnight or something, and I, I remember it well, because I'd been out uh, with my workmates, I think it was near, obviously coming up to Christmas, so it was a Christmas night out, and I was back in the hotel room and I was watching the votes and we used to print uh, not just the um, uh, percentages of the votes, we used to print the actual number of votes um, mm. as the vote was still ongoing. So there was yes. one of them, I think it was uh, I think it was Liverpool, it might have been Hitachi actually, um, and they got knocked out at the very last minute. Or or it was, it was I think it was Hitachi against West Ham's one of theirs, or sort of Avco it might have been. And at the very last minute, someone voted because they could see how many votes and there was like a sort of, yeah. sort of there's someone on Twitter going go on make sure that this one goes through and then literally <laughs> I think one of them was winning by one vote and just literally three minutes to midnight two votes came in for the other one so at that point we had to stop publishing the exact number of votes and we just did percentages yes and the other fair, fair scandal, after all exactly the other great scandal was that Granada Bingo went out you know early that. well of course ridiculous. yes yes yeah, you know, but um, I mean, that's surely one of the most memorable sponsors ever, Granada Bingo. <laughs> Granada Bingo, that's yeah, graced the Wembley turf, no less. Well, actually, yeah, exactly, yeah. Although that was Granada Social Clubs. Just, <laughs> just saying, it's worth making that definition. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I'm trying to think if we actually had Granada Bingo on, on the shirt sponsors in the for the final. I don't, nobody cares, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that, not me, just for the sake <laughs> of keeping our friendship intact. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. But um, yeah, great shirt sponsor ever. Uh, that was 2012. We're pressing on. We're all. I think we've just sort of gone through the one hour mark, so we better not kind of carry on with this for too long. Uh, but I mean, one thing I would just very quickly mention: if we're talking about um, articles that we've written that were unexplainable successes, I think the absolute um, epitome of that has got to be an article that I wrote in February 2013 about a game called Log Actor. Right now, people may not know the name Log Actor. What that is, it basically was a game that you could only get by mail order from an advert which used to be perpetually in the in in, in Shoot magazine every week. Certainly in the seventies, at least, if not the early eighties. And it was called Log Actor Chance Soccer. And if you sent off your whatever it was, six pound fifty or something for for this game, what you'd have got was a small box, loads of 
um, grids printed out on on paper and about seven I think it was about seven different coloured dice and the deal was that you had to play out like a league season using these dice and all the dice had different sort of number configurations on them some had higher numbers some had lower numbers but basically you rolled two dice one for the home team one for the away team and then you got a result and you would fill that in all these charts and grids and things and um, throughout the course of the season you would find out who the league champions are the FA Cup champions league champions you'd do the European competitions everything anyway I knew nothing of this game until um, I was going through my old collection of shoot magazines and at some point, years and years ago, I actually sent off on eBay for a copy of Log Acta. And I got a kind of version of it, it's a digital version, effectively. All the material was scanned in and, and put on a CD. So, and I had this CD for years and didn't do anything with it. And then about a year or so ago, say uh, February 2013, I thought, I'm going to actually play this game to see what it's like. It's about time <laughs> having bought it, I actually found out what it was all about, how it works. So I played a game. Uh, played a, a full season of Log Actor. Having done that, I then wrote an article about it. And I have to say, completely against all logic, this article has gone on to be, in terms of the number of comments we've received about it on the on the website, I think it's probably our most popular article because people have been contacting us and saying, I used to have that game, or I still own that game, and I still play it now. Or I, you know, I make up my own leagues. I, I use my own teams. It's just the most bizarre thing, you know. You'd think that writing about a Panini sticker album or a Subutio thing would be, you know, because it's still quite popular. But this game that seemingly nobody has ever heard of, we uh, at least once a week we get a comment. I would say from somebody saying, "Oh, I remember Log Actor." <laughs> it's just it's bizarre. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you if you look on our website, um, February 2013, Log Actor. You'll, it's a quite a long kind of lumbering article where I describe how the game's played and everything, but it's just bizarre. And I'm actually thinking at this stage, we mentioned League of Blogs 2014 earlier on, I'm actually thinking about running a league involving all your blogs that if you send in your kit designs and things, what I might do is actually run a log actor season. Um, you don't have to do anything. Um, but I'll use the league, uh, the, the uh, blog names and such, and we'll ha actually have a league played out week by week. I'm thinking of doing this. Don't if it doesn't happen, I'm just saying it might not happen. But I might do it because I think it would be quite fun. You wouldn't need to do anything. There'd be no entry fee, but it'd be just quite good fun. I think playing out this league season just using the random medium of dice and and pitting you know blog against blog in, a, in an actual league competition um i just think it'd be bizarre but you know in terms of popular um posts that you never thought would be popular in the first place that has to take the biscuit it's just nuts frankly um so that was a that was just that was a what a year and a half ago and and we've we've done that we've done i say vote offs uh, the Greatest England Home Kit was a good one, but the Greatest France Home Kit was, I think, now I think has become our most popular thing, uh, largely thanks to the help of um, Andrew Gibney, as, amongst other people, uh, an expert on French football, the like of which you'll be uh, struggling to better. Uh, he he regularly tweets and writes about French football, and I sort of said to him, "Look, we've done this. We've done this thing where where I've illustrated all the French home football kits down the years." And we're inviting people to kind of vote for their favourite. Would you mind kind of putting out a tweet? And bless him, Andrew Gibney did exactly that. And on account of that, we had people from France through, I think there were two articles written on, on French websites about you know French football kits. And they linked to, to my article. 
but it was all down to Andrew Gibney putting out the retweet in the first place. So thanks, Andrew, if you're listening. And and that just that went you know sent everything into meltdown on our website as well. So that was staggeringly popular and and just goes to prove the power of Twitter as much amongst every, anything else. You know, if you can find someone on Twitter who's staggeringly popular as um, Andrew is, then you can kind of lean on them <laughs> and they will do all the hard work for you. But thanks anyway for that, Andrew. And um, it's, it was, it was wonderful to get that reaction. And of course uh, the, the ultimate winner was, let me think, was it France 82 in the end? I think it was the, the 82. I'm surprised was it 82? 84. I don't 84. know. 84. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, it's all on the website. So you can find all yeah, that stuff. One of those. Who cares? <laughs> And we've done the worst of modern football as well, and the best of modern football, or by best of bygone football. And we do like a, a vote off, as I say. And we've done threads on things. We've done our favourite fives. We mentioned the tracksuits. We mentioned the tracksuits. Um, um, just a silly series of you know great tracksuits of our time and and things like that. And the video blogs was mentioned earlier. I've done a few of those. I've only done four so far. Uh, might do another one sometime soon. That's just an occasional thing. Uh, and video games it's just there's regular threads but the nice thing about the football attic is just being able to write about anything you like and there's no set sort of structure of oh you know we've got to because the league season started we must write about the premier league or anything like that it's just it's just whatever we want to write about and we invite you as i said earlier on to contribute and if you want to write for us then just take that same free approach to things too right yeah <coughs> um was one of the one of the other things i was going to mention is obviously ironically given this is a podcast is that we haven't talked much about the podcast no no <laughs> um, indeed but yeah that's i mean that's got to be one of my favorite things to do I and mean, apart from the fact that i get to just talk utter crap for two hours it's um it's, uh, <laughs> gives your wife it's, a it's break quite, it, well yeah, quite yeah um yeah she's sick of hearing about a log actor and things like that <laughs> um but no it's, it's just great fun to do and, and it's nice getting all the feedback off people it's nice getting all the comments that people send in i think the the football books one was the one that we had the most comments on i think we ended up with about 50 comments in fact we got so many yeah. responses that we actually put a I think you put a blog post up dedicated to all the with links to all the books that people had recommended yeah. um, and in terms of podcasts that's another one of those things where it's it's given us opportunities to do stuff with people who are shall we say more famous than we because um, <laughs> obviously we recorded a kit special with with John Devlin and yep. some other guy called Jay from Jay, somebody, uh, I don't know yeah. some Tassa I don't know <laughs> <laughs> just just kidding Jay um, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and again, it's just been it's just been great to do that, and and to have that opportunity. I, I you know I think both me and you had already you know knew John from beforehand anyway, because I think we yes. both independently sort of we'd always con- uh, commented on his True Colors website, and I think we've been She's in touch wonderful. with him before. Yeah. But to sort of think that one day we'd actually record a podcast about kits with him, you know, <laughs> that was just like again, just what you know, it's one of those sort of pinches of moments. And obviously Jay, because Jay's so, quite well, well known, you know, to, to his friends and that. It'd not be funny, but if you if you go to Design Football and see all the material on that site and 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 everything, all the contributions to it, I mean, that in itself is a tremendous achievement. So, you know, getting the chance to for me personally to to meet in, in quotation marks. Uh, Jay on on that podcast was great, and um, you know we've gone on to form a firm friendship on the back of that, which is wonderful. So um, so yeah, just doing podcasts means things opportunities open up, and um, you know you get to interact with people as as per the aforementioned blog posts that we've you know guest posts that we've had as well. So that's all it's, it's lovely. 
It's all lovely. It's very nice, isn't it? It's just, <laughs> sort of do that impression. Ah, actually, yeah. Actually, that, that now brings nicely moving swiftly on. He said mangling the link that was working perfectly well. Um, yeah, but some of the actual feedback we did get did actually mention some of our impressions. Um, the We got from, <laughs> from the aforementioned Jay um, from Design Football. Uh, he put tracksuits, or actually he put tracksuits like that. Oh. And, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, he's put, was it a Derby Umbro one that had a sponsor and a hood and those tightening cords that and just looked like sex from 2017 in a good way? He's written. Um, uh, that's uh, that's uh, a reference to the uh, the great tracksuits of our time series. Uh, yeah, which is. is Sorry, just to jump in, I was just going to say, it's, it's nice when you, sometimes you write things and you think, oh, nobody's really going to be interested in this, but because um, it's either very tenuous or weak or whatever. But you think, I'll write it anyway, just because maybe somebody will find it interesting. <laughs> and when you actually, when somebody actually says, I saw that, I was going, I, was, I thought it was really good. You kind of go, wow. <laughs> I know it's kind of obvious stuff I'm talking about here, but it's just nice. So thank you, Jay, for, for making me feel better about the tracksuit series, if nothing else. <laughs> And the other, the other comment that Jay left, quite a long one actually, quite nice of Jay to say this, considering I've just slagged him off. Um, <laughs> only joking, Jay. You know we're friends, really. Um, and he's, he put the, the France kit vote was actually great, despite the attempted sabotage, which we'll just not mention, uh, and really should have been picked up by more sites. And then he's put in brackets, cough, cough, design football. <laughs> uh, and he said, Rich's Ray Winston was fabulous the first time. Shut up, Jay. <laughs> uh, particularly paired with some ingenious ideas regarding the future of in-game advertising. Well, I don't know what he's talking about there, you slag. <laughs> anyway, uh, he said, The rant, I think Rich's, on the mini England crest on the 98 home kit needs to be read by every human ever. I think that and was so- mine, actually. I'm sorry to take credit for that. I think that was me who was going about the little mini, or maybe with both of us, maybe. I, I, I've, I think I've ranted about it um, in on the podcast for definite. I know that I've ah. done that, so I don't know. If, I, I, I'm wow. sure that was on my worst Whoever. England kits ever, anyway. Yeah, yes. uh, he said the Sabutio things that never were was wonderful too. Well, originally I think um, Al Gordon did that, and yes. then I kind of cribbed his idea and did it slightly differently. <laughs> um, so yeah, exactly. Not that I've ever done that before. Um, <laughs> and he says I do love Chris's illustration style as well, and the League of Blog stuff has been great fun also. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for your yes, uh, thank you very much, observation Jay. of. But those, all the illustrations—I must admit that it's a, again a labour of love. All the um, illustrations that are done for the kits, things that appear on Football Attic. Um, I have a bit of a—I'm not the world's greatest authority on football kit design, but I've always kind of liked illustrating them. And um, so, um, yes, nice of you to pick up on that. Thanks, Jay. Uh, the other things we had was um, <laughs> one of my favourites. The responses we got was uh, Sean or uh, at Flano Seven High. Those rare occasions when you mention the '86 World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I don't think you've possibly, ever mentioned it, have you? I was going to say, it might possibly be a reference to me. I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, have to, I think you mentioned it on the very first podcast. Even then, it was annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think every time I mention it now, I think you make a kind of ding, bingo sound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dear. And uh, yeah, James, James Wellham said, uh, the clash of the football kit sponsors, those are the days. Wang! Yes, we mentioned Wang, of course. So thanks, yeah. James, for that. And um, and the aforementioned Andrew Rockle um, uh, said um, he liked the the attic videos, the video blogs. As I say I've um, I've not done many. I, the reason I haven't done many of them is they never seem to be all that popular. But um, it's nice to know that somebody's lo- looked at them in the past. So thanks, Andrew, and um, hopefully there'll be another one soon. So uh, do check out www.thefootballattic.com. 
Indeed, yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I woke up there. <laughs> I was just, I was just reading. It. I was just no, I was reading out the list of things to mention, um, and then got caught out by you mentioning something. Um, yeah, uh, yeah um, and I think that pretty much wraps up the comments that we've had. So, uh, yes. um, to be honest, we we ought to shut up now. Really, we've been going for like an hour and fifteen minutes of uh, self love, and no one wants <laughs> that much self love, do they? <laughs> no, no, no. But, but thank. But just to reiterate, thanks everyone who's just made this such an enjoyable project for us because. You know, just knowing there's an audience for football nostalgia and, and people that are enthusiastic about it is just very heartening. So um, we couldn't have done it without you. Thank you so much. Exactly. Yes. I mean, we've put all the effort in, but you know, we couldn't have done it without <laughs> you reading it or you know spending two minutes. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, no, seriously, seriously, a genuine thank you to everyone that's been involved or you know just responded or whatever. You know, it, it has yeah. been absolutely. It sounds like we're stopping doing it, doesn't it? Like, it's been wonderful. <laughs> yeah. so, and, we're continuing um, it. Don't get that big of an impression. We're very much still continuing this um yeah. and again uh the t- perfect time to mention leave blogs for 2014 again so yeah details will be up on the site very very soon and you'll be able to get your designs sent in um yes. other things to mention and uh, uh, we've got the upcoming podcasts that we're we're going to do uh we were having a conversation I, I posted an article um finally uh on thursday or friday i think it was um a very short article uh the first in a an ongoing series uh, of crap that i've bought down the years because <laughs> as, as i mentioned <laughs> in the article most of the stuff that chris has bought down the years has been the kind of like this solid stuff the good stuff like panini and stuff whereas i tend to have bought a lot of crap <laughs> <laughs> including world cup uh, cigarette lighters and things like that so uh, uh we we had a conversation about this the week and decided that i, I probably enough on my own have uh, enough crap of this in my in my attic um, to last probably about two hours worth of podcast, so we're going to do a, an upcoming podcast on crap that we bought, and obviously that anything that you've um, also bought down the years. Um, yeah, we've already had a few people responding, haven't we, on Twitter, sort of saying, "I once bought a, I don't know, a, an Italia ninety pencil sharpener," and so you think, <laughs> exactly, "Well, there's, there, yeah. we seem to have um, tapped into a rich seam of uh, anecdotage here." So yeah, if you oh, if yes. you if you bought football related tat memorabilia and the like souvenirs whatever down the years get in touch with us because um at some point in the not too distant future we will record a podcast all about useless tats that you've bought so uh, there you go yep and uh, we're also going to do a podcast which is uh, a kind of well i'll let you explain this one actually chris because it was your idea and i think it's well, i think it's a really good idea it's yeah it's just essentially there are things as you get old and senile like my good self um you really you realize that there are things you think I vaguely remember seeing such and such in the past, but nobody else has ever really mentioned it. So I'm sure I remember it correctly. And then you start thinking, I wish I had more information about whatever it is. Here's a classic one for me, right? And and feel free, listeners, to, to respond to this uh, if you can. I remember as a kid, when I was about nine or ten years old, in the school summer holidays, um, uh, when all the kind of programmes on TV, all the kids' programmes on TV were kind of shuffled around, or they'd, they'd put... T- kids programs on of a morning um uh, you know for the six weeks while the kids are off and this would have been about 1979 ish i think 79 80 there was a program called facts okay f dot a dot c dot t dot s dot just to specify that it was an acronym and it stood for football association coaching tactics and skills i think it was called and essentially what it was it was a short series where they would take a load of cameras down to the FA training ground I can't remember what it was called now it wasn't Bisham was it Bisham Abbey maybe something like that and each program was about sort of teaching kids how to learn different aspects of playing football so tackling and 
marking and goal scoring and goalkeeping and all that kind of stuff. And they actually used England squad players of the day. So you had people like Kevin Keegan, Peter Shilton and all that kind of stuff. And I remember seeing this as a kid. And yet, and yet, no one ever seems to talk about it or mention it. There's a, I think on the TV Cream website, there's a very short kind of profile about it, like a one-paragraph po- profile. But I, you ter- search for that on the internet, and there's nothing about it. And, and you start thinking, it'd be nice if somebody actually said, oh, yes, I remember seeing that as well. So, it, But it doesn't necessarily have to be a TV programme. It can be something that, maybe a board game or something that you used to own, and you think, oh... What was that like? I wish I could remember more about that particular thing. So it's basically stuff that you've half remembered or you'd like more details on. If you'd, if you'd like to put out an appeal saying, does anybody remember this? I'd like to know more about such and such. It can be an item, you know, like a Subutio thing or like a memorabilia thing. It could be a TV program. It could be a computer game, whatever. Do get in touch with us. If there's anything you'd like other people in the football attic uh, community, let's say, to, uh, to help you remember better. Uh, get in touch with us. We'd like to hear from you. Indeed. And the the, the other um, podcast subject that we we probably going to do at some point in the future is that I wrote an article probably about two years ago now um, called the Football Attic Confessional, which was basically based around me still not quite getting over the uh, the guilt of throwing away all my match and shoot magazines. <laughs> um, and the idea behind the original post was that if you'd done anything just as stupid, um, that you could <laughs> confess and be absolved of your guilt. Um, doesn't seem to have worked for me, but, um, but yeah, the idea is we're, we're going to do that as a podcast itself. So we'll we'll cover all our misdemeanors during football. And it, it, it doesn't have to be throwing away nostalgia. It could be anything that no. you've crimes you've committed that you'd need forgiveness for during your footballing life. Um, so we'll do that as a podcast as well. well let um, me tell you, and, and we could, if you don't send us any of your own anecdotes, I have to say I can pretty much do that whole podcast on my own because there's so many things since we came up with that idea of doing a football confessional, football attic confessional podcast. I suddenly started remembering all these terrible things that I remember doing that are just cringe making and embarrassing from my past. I think, oh my god, I could probably do that podcast on my own without you even being on it, Rich. But it'd be great if other people could kind of share the kind of guilt. So uh, <laughs> do do send in your confessions, everybody. Yeah, we don't, we don't want it to be just an hour of Chris going through therapy. <laughs> That's so, quite possible, yes. yes. <laughs> um, so um, that pretty much wraps it up, I think. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention, Chris? No, just to say that you know, while you were all watching the World Cup, we've given the website a bit of a refresh. So do drop by www.thefootballattic.com and, um, and check out the, the newly refreshed website. So it's looking quite nice and sort of swish at the moment. So that's good. Um, also, uh, just after we recorded our last podcast, Rich did a pod, pod of his own with uh, Jay, the aforementioned Jay from Design Football, where they were just talking about all the stuff that was going on in the World Cup. That's definitely worth a listen. And we're going to start doing a few more of these um, Football Attic podcast extras, just so you've got a bit of extra stuff to listen to. Listen to. Uh, not necessarily uh, football nostalgia, but just maybe one or two other things. So um, check that one out as well. That's worth listening to. Um, and... Just to say thanks again to everybody that's been visiting us down the years and down the last couple of years or so, nearly three years we've been going. And um, here's to our third birthday, which will be coming up in November. But um, that's for the future. Time being, uh, thanks very much for for all your support, folks. Much appreciated. Yeah, very much so. I'd just like to echo the sentiment. Um, Also to mention, uh, as we always forget to do, uh, you can catch us on Square One Football Radio. which is run by the lovely Steve Gab, and also I think uh, you uh, also. To speaking of extras, Chris, you also do a Square One Football quiz 
which is on yes. Spurs on Football Radio. I've recorded one which, pilot episode, which you can actually um, listen to via the Football Attic website. If you look for the big, uh, big um, orange promo on there, uh, you can hear it there. And um, the, the, the dealers are going to record, hopefully, some more of those. I'm going to record some more of those. And um, maybe even Rich Johnson himself will um, give us the benefit of his uh, participation on one of those podcasts. So um, if you want to get involved or if you want to listen to more of those, then, um, then have a listen to the pilot episode. Indeed. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say we'd, we'd just stop talking now because otherwise it's, it's going <laughs> to going to be too much love in the room. Um, so again, <laughs> just like to say a big thank you to everyone that's contributed down the years or responded or anything, just even been a part of it in any way, shape, or form. And uh, here's to the next three years. Yay! Cheers, Yay. folks. I'll, I'll sub- dub in a sound of some champagne courts opening. People yeah. cheering and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah. Actually, I would point out there are lots of fans outside right now. You probably can't hear them, but I <laughs> might dub the sound of them in after. Hey, that's good. It's not working, is it? Um, so, anyway, so until the next time, it's as I would in my now traditional start, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Uh, thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs> goodbye. Go seven, oh.